0: Welcome to the Teaching Science in 3D podcast. My name is Nicole Van Tassel. And I'm Erin Sadler. And we are two science teachers dedicated to helping you cut through the confusion and meet the intent of the NGSS so you can master all three dimensions. The NGSS can seem totally overwhelming, but implementing these standards doesn't need to be.
1: Hi everyone, this is Erin, and I'm here today with Nicole. And today we're talking about the cross-cutting concepts and how you can incorporate them into your three-dimensional lessons.
0: Yeah. So we haven't talked about the cross-cutting concepts, I guess, that much really. Um, and I don't really know why. I guess my I've always just kind of leaned toward focusing and starting off with incorporating the science and engineering practices. Um, although it's funny because in the, one of the previous episodes, you actually said you recommend starting with the cross-cutting concepts. So, sorry that we're really late to the game getting you, all all of you listeners, this information. But, um, okay, so what are the cross-cutting concepts? First of all, it's that third branch, and again, in no particular order branch, of the, like, three dimensions of the NGSS. Um, And there's seven of them, right? Can I count right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, there's eight practices, seven concepts. And basically, they're, like, these big concepts that the – Writers of the NGSS are like the framework people identified as um, kind of like lens, lenses that help us understand the natural world. So you can view phenomena or like these real world things, these things that we can observe about the natural world through these different these different like lenses and they can help us just understand what's happening or what we're seeing, what we're observing, what we're not observing, um, things like that. So there's, um, you have like patterns, you have scale, proportion, quantity, um, you have energy and matter. Um, I don't have them all in front of me right now. Uh,
1: Systems and system models. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, Trying to think which ones did you not say? Uh, Structure and function. Um, Yes. Yes.
0: I think that was all. Cause and effect. That was all. That should be all. Yeah, that's it. So it's stability Um, and change. Stability and change. There we go. We got them
1: all. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, and I think that just like going through talking about the cross-cutting concepts, you can see that there's um, a lot of vocabulary with that. But what it does is it takes the same kind of vocabulary and uses it in different disciplines. So um, like when we're looking at systems and system models, when you're looking at um, a system in chemistry you might be looking at like a closed system and, um, doing, gosh, I can't think of the name of it. Oh, like, calor, uh, calor, calori- uh, I can't say it, calorimetry. Um, and, um, but looking at that in terms of like an organism and a system looks completely and totally different, but there are a lot of the same structures that apply. So things like, um, like components and, um, like boundaries of the system and stuff like that. So you're yes. kind of giving students like a framework to work with that provides that common vocabulary.
0: Yes. I love that. Like a fr- yeah, a framework to understand these like very different things, but like to make sense of it. And that's like our goal with all of this kind of instruction, you're creating these like systems in their brain that help them understand new information and fit it in with what they like currently know. And kind of the cross concepts kind of provide some of that.
1: Yeah, and I think that that they are this piece that those of us who have like a science brain kind of naturally think about, but our students don't necessarily make the connections in the same way, um, which is why it's really important that we explicitly teach the concepts to our students and make those connections explicit. Because I think one of the the big mistakes that I see teachers make is is that they assume that their students will just kind of make those connections on their own and they don't they just they just can't see all of the different components together in order to make those connections without us really making that clear for them
0: yes and well and that's why the NGSS really came up with this whole like three dimensions because for so long we like well the science and engineering practice is a whole different thing but we we focus on like this one element and we think our students are just picking up the other things but in reality, We need to teach all aspects of it, and we need to also do it in context. So when you're teaching the cross-cutting concepts, you're you're not just teaching it out of thin air or with random examples. You're tying it into, like, what you are learning.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, you don't just want to come out of, like, or – You don't want to come out of left field with some random um, connection, but you also don't want to like teach all of them at once. Just like we say, you shouldn't teach all of the science and engineering practices at once. You shouldn't teach all of the cross-cutting concepts at once either, because without the concepts or without the, the context, they're just not meaningful to your students and it's a waste of class time.
0: Yes. Yes. True. Absolutely. Okay. So let's talk about like how you go, like you, yeah, how do you explicitly like, I know I, like, tie the cross-cutting concepts into my lessons and things like that. But I haven't spent, like, a ton of time developing, like, I don't know. I, I probably fall more into the I'm tying it in and I'm teaching it, but I'm not always explicitly teaching it. So I'm, I'm definitely bringing their attention to it, but I'm not doing those, like, lessons about the cross-cutting concepts. Where I know you are, and I know that's probably valuable and I should. So, yeah, like, how do you incorporate that explicit instruction? What does it look like for you? uh
1: so i I teach the cross-cutting concepts the first time that it's introduced in my class right before we make a, make a connection to um, the content that we're covering. So um, like if I'm going to to make a tie in to um, to our content tomorrow, then today what I would do is I would spend some time um, explicitly teaching about those. Um, and I do that in two different ways. Um, one of those is like in my classroom, and then how I how I provide resources to other people. Um, and when I do that in my classroom, um, we just do notes, and uh, the crosscutting concepts are much less intensive, I think, than the science and engineering practices. So there's there's only like two or three bullet points under each crosscutting concept, um, whereas the science and engineering practices have like eight. Um, so it's easy for me to talk about the pieces of the cross-cutting concepts mm-hmm. through like a lecture-based model. So um, so this is the only – one of the few times that I actually still lecture in my classroom is teaching about the cross-cutting concepts. Um, and then for the resources that I create for my Teachers Pay Teachers store, I just make like a um, – almost like a resource page that yeah. – provides information and common vocabulary that's found within um, the cross-cutting concept.
0: Yeah. Well, I think I like that idea. I, it's 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 like it's the same way as, like, you might teach students how to measure something by, like, mm-hmm. literally, like, showing them how to measure it. And then, obviously, mm-hmm. having them measure things. But that's not something that students are going to, like, figure out or discover or, or right. you know, whatever. It's like, no, this is what it is. And then you're going to practice it, but then you're going to use that skill to then learn about other things. You know what I mean? So I think yeah, like, that definitely kind of direct instruction is like totally applicable in this, in those like really kind of skill-based examples.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know? Yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of where uh, like that that direct instruction piece has gone for me is really just teaching students how to use the cross-cutting concepts and science and engineering practices and, um, and that's pretty much it that's that's where i'm doing all that direct instruction
0: right and then they go on and then they're using it in in context and they're yes. practicing it in context over and over it with a lot of different contexts and that's how they like mm. b- really build that understanding but you're giving them just like the, the, the this is how you get started with it or this yeah, is what you're like looking for even you know yeah yeah okay
1: yeah and then um like the next day we might use something like a graphic organizer or something like that um, to make those connections to our specific content explicit. Yeah. And then we'll use like the same type of graphic organizer over and over again each time that we hit that cross-cutting concept.
0: Yes. I like that because then they can see it's the same concept, but you're looking at different things through that same concept. So like you said, with systems and system models, they're identifying that there's boundaries, that there are um like inputs and outputs, um, that there's subsystems within the system, but they're seeing it for a lot of different examples over the course of your year or whatever.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then um, I think that it's also important to like designate a spot in your classroom so that you can have um, have like a visual representation of those connections. So um, I think that Julie Cannon has a really great way that she does this, um, where she just basically has um, has all of the cross-cutting concepts listed on her wall. And then each time that she makes a connection, she has like a little post-it that, ex- that explains it. And I assume that she kind of goes through creating the post-it with her students. And then she sticks it up under um, the cross-cutting concept that's listed on the wall yes. so that students can see
0: that building over time. Yeah. I love that. I, I saw that like last year and I thought it was the coolest thing ever because mm-hmm. then they have actual examples of what they've learned in their class as an example of that cross-cutting concept. So even if they didn't get it the first, like they didn't really get it the first time, you know, by the second, third, fourth time, or even seeing all of the examples together, they can kind of figure out, oh, that's what that's about.
1: Yeah. And you can even take those like graphic organizers. You could take like a sample one and put it on the wall, you know, for each time that you, you make that connection to one of the cross-cutting concepts.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I like, I really like that idea. I also like, so Dana uh, Skillman, who we had on the podcast last season, she's a a member of iExplore Academy, and we connected on Instagram, and I don't know, so now we're all, like, in a little friend group, um, <laughs> but our NGSS friend group, but she um, shared this awesome picture that she has this, um, it's a graphic organizer, but it's not, so it's not just one practice, or I mean, uh, one concept, it's like a table that has all of the concepts, and I could see, like, I think, I don't know if she was having them do all of them, or she just has them do a couple of them each time, but obviously she doesn't have to, like, reprint every single time. It's just, like, a standard. They're all listed there. But students will, like, go and kind of reflect on the activity they did, or the phenomenon they did, like, we're examining, and then they look at how they can see each concept in it. So they might look at, like, I don't know, she had some sort of, what was it? I think it I don't even remember what it was. But they might look at it and look at, okay, where do I see cause and effect in this in this phenomenon? Like, what could be the cause? You know, what are the effects here? Or, like, where do I see patterns in this phenomenon? And it's interesting because when you look at, a like, a phenomenon or an activity or something, like, through the different lenses, you know, through the different cross-cutting concepts, you, like, notice different things about it. And so I really liked how she has students kind of look at the same phenomenon In addition to, you know, how looking at, let's look at this one concept with different contexts, let's look at the same context, but through these different phenomena.
1: Yeah, and that also, that kind of pulls you away from just using the cross-cutting concepts that are listed in the performance expectations, which... Um, I, we kind of keep talking about this idea over and over again, but I think it's an important one to talk about that you're not stuck to stuck with just those cross-cutting concepts that are listed.
0: Right. You are incorporating whichever one is relevant, honestly, for whatever you're looking at at that moment. You know, mm-hmm. the one on the PE might not be relevant to the activity you're doing and that's okay. Um, one thing I also think, too, is sometimes when you don't have – like, there's sometimes you have an activity that it's not really heavy into the science and engineering practices, but that could be a great time to incorporate a cross-cutting concept and to really emphasize that connection between the content and another dimension, you know? Like, so you're always teaching in more than one dimension, really. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I think um, we may have talked about this before, but for um, our state assessment for California, students are always assessed on at least two dimensions. So they should never be looking at one dimension at a time Um, within your classroom. They should always be looking at two different dimensions. um, Okay. I didn't, yeah. I don't
0: think I knew, I knew you had said that you're always looking at phenomena and applying it to, like, they, they, they're really, their goal is for you to see new phenomena on their tests, mm-hmm. not, like, ones you've seen in your classroom, but I didn't know about the more than one dimension, so that's an, a perfect example, not, like, that's why you should, I mean, test right, testing no, but testing, but yeah. it's going to support your, like, using two dimensions is going to help you on the test, and we know that, yeah. unfortunately, a lot is decided by test scores, so. Yeah. Um, so we mentioned the anchor chart and then we mentioned like Dana's organizer. What other like organizers do you, do you use to like help students understand? Like Dana's organizer was all of the cross-cutting concepts on one organizer, but like, how do you, what does your organizer like kind of look like, or how do you use it?
1: Um, so it depends on the cross-cutting concept, but, um, looking at things like, um, like patterns, for example, Um, asking students to, to, I'm having a brain fart. Let me see. What was I going to say?
0: Well, I know I've, I've like seen the ones you've posted and I like how Mm -hmm. you, yours are kind of like a review of the concept. Like, so it has information about the concept Um, yeah. But then it also like ties in an application of it.
1: Yeah. So like for, um, now I, now I can think I have one in front of me. Um, so like for cause and effect, um, students also have to not only identify the cause and effect, but they have to provide evidence for how we know that it's not, um, not like just correlation. They have to explain how they know, that it's a cause and effect relationship rather than just you know a coincidental correlation. Okay.
0: Um,
1: yeah, and then they um, they also have to um, starting from third grade on, they have to look at potential um, other explanations. So, is there another cause and effect relationship that could cause that could um, that could potentially explain this phenomenon? So. Okay. Is there anything else that they can think of that might explain what's happening, what they're seeing?
0: Yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah, So, and really basically you built that off of like the breakdown of the cross-cutting concepts, it sounds like, you know, because you're adding in middle school, the different components.
1: Yeah. And like when we use the graphic organizers, we don't like, I don't necessarily fill out every piece of the graphic organizer every single time. Like there Mm -hmm. might be a piece where we just go, Oh, like, like it just doesn't make sense to discuss this in this context so we just like x out the box that it goes with
0: yeah yeah so you want to be applicable yeah so like my class so I created like a set of organizers too that just like worked just with how my brain works and things like that and like Mm -hmm. the way I like to teach and all um and it's kind of like the same idea like there's a spot where okay first of all we're focusing this on like a specific phenomenon so you know I'm having students make their observations about that it's not just like Energy and matter in general, but just – but no, energy and matter in this situation. Um, And it's funny, though, as I noticed – as I was building these and, like, really breaking down the cross-cutting concepts, I noticed how often the concepts overlap. Yeah. I was noticing the same thing. Yeah. So, okay. So, energy and matter and systems and system models. Literally on the energy and matter cross-cutting concept, students have to describe the system because you're looking at inputs and outputs of energy and matter. Mm -hmm. So – the, the system is, like, a smaller part. It's just, like, not emphasized in that cross-cutting concept. But then you flip it and have students look at the um, systems and system models, and they're still putting the energy and matter on there because you're still looking at inputs and outputs, but you're focusing more on, um, like, the, the system itself and the boundaries and the components and the subsystems. And it's, like, that's kind of just, like, an interesting, you know, you can – you can incorporate that in with your students. Like if you use two of these lenses to view the same phenomena, what things do you notice? You know, like if yeah, you're really I focusing f- on systems, maybe you notice like the subsystems more, or maybe you notice the processes. Um, but if you're focusing on the energy and matter, maybe you're really focusing on just how things are moving within the system or going into or out of it.
1: Yeah. it um, Systems and system models, I think is like one of the like big overarching concepts that, um, things like energy and matter and structure and function and stability and change. Yeah. Yeah, They, they incorporate so well with that. And it's interesting because if you look back at um, the third to fifth grade band, um, a bunch of those aren't even, they don't even have the performance expectations. Um, The performance expectations don't even include some of the cross cutting concepts um, like structure and function and stability and change. Aren't included in the PEs. Oh. Um, and
0: that's because the emphasis is
1: on systems and systems, system models.
0: Leap first, and then you can build on that. And like mm-hmm. um, scale, proportion, and quantity. And yeah, that's the other one. Ties um, really well to cause and effect, too, because mm-hmm. you can look at like how a cause on a small scale, like, or, or even stability and change, actually. That's like a big tie, too. Like mm-hmm. a change on one scale. Actually, even patterns. That's like – okay, so that's scale, it. proportion, yeah, and quantity is like patterns. another big one that they all yeah. kind of just Im, embed with. You know, whether you're looking at different scales, that's going to affect the cause and effect or the patterns that you see or this, this yeah. stability and change and all that. Yeah, yeah. So
1: that's scale. Scale, proportion, and quantity I think might be my favorite one. Um, and I think that that just might be, um, I teach seventh grade integrated science and it's kind of an overarching thing in the California standards for like the way that they're bundled okay. in seventh grade. So we start with, um, molecular composition and like, um, yeah. like particle structure. And then we end with ecosystems. So they go through all of the le- levels of organization. And if you can really kind of bring that back to, talking about scale over and over again, it makes the, that picture so much more clear for your students because Mm -hmm. they, they do weird stuff. Like, um, like they'll say stuff like, um, gosh, like mitochondria are a cell, you know, like Mm -hmm. they just get, they get confused with what level is where.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: So, so providing them with that scale and really going back and tying that in every single time makes a huge difference.
0: Yeah. So they can understand like wells, I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So if you are just getting started with the cross-cutting concepts, like let's talk about some, like we talked about the different organizers and having some, um, like visuals in your classroom to kind of like anchor students in into those. Um, what are some other ways that you like just can incorporate it on the like day-to-day?
1: Um, I think, uh, like looking at the cross cutting concept of patterns, doing things like card sorts Mm -hmm. is a really easy way to, to look for patterns and classify, you know, different, um, different things and look at the different relationships between whatever it is that you're looking at. And that's something that you can, you can really tie into any different discipline. Like you can do that with, um, with, um, like looking at different organisms, you can do that with,
0: um, with like physical like properties systems, of matter and like properties physical of chemical changes, like, yeah, yeah, no, that and that's a perfect example of like, okay, so a card sort doesn't necessarily have a really strong tie to like a seventh uh, science and engineering practice. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I mean, you could tie in you know, explanations and you could tie in questions and things like that, but it's not like it's not a really you know, like strongly rooted in a practice, but mm-hmm. when you tie the content, like interactions in ecosystems or physical chemical changes, with searching for the patterns to help understand, you know what's happening, then you're still bringing in that two dimensional instruction.
1: Well, and then or like also the th- like the
0: two dimensions of the three dimensions, you know.
1: Right, right, and then it also. I think that the the other really nice thing that the cross-cutting concepts do is they provide like a bridge between, um, between the DCI, the disciplinary core ideas and the science and engineering practices. So like patterns has a strong tie to asking questions. So once you identify a pattern, you can start asking questions about
0: that pattern. Yeah. So it can bring you a full circle to that three dimensions. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yep. Um, and I like the cross-cutting concepts because you can incorporate them. I mean, honestly, just the way you change the questions you ask or the prompts you give, you can really easily incorporate um, elements of the cross-cutting concepts. You know, like instead of instead of looking at, I don't know, when you look at the parts of something, you can really focus a question by, like, asking about the connection or, like, why does it function the way – like, how does the parts contribute to the function instead of just, oh, these are the different parts. Like, it, it deepens the content, I guess. Mm-hmm. it's a, it, it makes it easier to, like, yeah, deepen the content. Or, like, cause and effect, it makes it easier to – when you start looking at the, cross, like, the components of that cross-cutting concept, it's not just identifying cause and effect, but it's, like you said earlier, like – what are the potential other causes, and like, how do you know yours is the the big one? Um, it's like adding that layer, those layers of complexity that are really in the real world.
1: Yeah, and that that also goes back into tying in those science and engineering practices because if you're trying to figure out which explanation is correct, then you can also bring in
0: argumentation. Oh yeah, so true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the crosscutting concepts are really. They're, they they are really, like, deepen the instruction, and mm-hmm. they're not that hard to, like, tie in, but I also can totally relate when teachers have, like, kind of, are kind of like, well, I don't really know what to do with them, mm-hmm. you know, because it's kind of like, well, where do, like, what, yeah, what do I do with them? Like, I get the connection, but what do I do with them? Um, and so that's why I think, like, it's, I mean, that's why we created this episode. Like, I think it's awesome that you can look at it. Like, we can do some direct instruction related to those. You can use graphic organizers to help students view a specific phenomena phenomenon through one lens or another, through one concept or another. You can have them look at what they did and kind of consider each of it, you know, consider it through the different cross-cutting concepts and even just incorporating it in like questions like whether it's exit tickets or your um, like assessment questions or like a formative assessment using a graphic organizer or something like that just incorporating you know where do you see energy moving in into the system where do you see energy moving out of it you know that's one simple question that you could just incorporate on, on an assessment and tie in that cross-cutting concept
1: Yeah, definitely. Or even just, you know, make an exit ticket that ties, you know, just asks that one question.
0: And honestly, stuff like that is your students, if you don't point that thing, those things out, they might not notice those things. Like they might be able to tell you, oh, energy is moving here and there. But if you don't ask them to consider it, then they're not going to make just make that connection because they don't have that. Like like you said, they don't have that like way of thinking. Yeah, I agree. We're like, yeah, the cross-cutting concepts have yeah. kind of ways of thinking. Like, yeah. I learned patterns. Now I'm going to start looking for patterns in the world and try to figure out what I can do with them or figure out about them, you know? Like, cause and effect. Like, I loved learning about cause and effect, because, like, in high school and things like that because I thought it was f- so funny of all of the different – I, feel, I just do it all the time now whenever I see some, mm-hmm. like, claim made, like, oatmeal makes your heart healthier. I'm like, does it make your heart healthier or is it just because you didn't eat a bunch of bacon? Like, right. <laughs> So I'm, like, constantly, I'm like, I wonder if that's a real cause and effect relationship or if it's just, like, a correlation. And what could be the weird thing that's, like, connecting the two? But, oh, I
1: should send you – there's, like, a website that makes, like, weird um, correlations. Oh, my gosh. And- I would love it. <laughs> Yeah. It's so good. It's like, you know, um, it's like murders here and uh, like how many people ate breakfast. Like it's totally
0: random. Yeah. yeah. But it's, that's like, it's just so interesting and I like puzzling it out. And sometimes I like thinking about like, this is a little tangent, but evolutionary like kind of things like, Mm -hmm. um, well, why do we, like, why is this more predominant or why is that more predominant or like Mm -hmm. like kind of like a natural selection thing? Like, why would why would we even have a mutation for blue eyes that became like the recessive like why like why what was the benefit of having a blue-eyed person yeah i don't know and i just yeah. think that stuff is like weird and interesting or even like in that's, animals and things like that like what's the selection here that supports blue-eyedness <laughs> or, that's like, how i feel about like patterns like always recognizing patterns and i think that
1: that's like one of the reasons that i have such a math brain is because it math is basically just identifying the path, different types of patterns, like on a deeper and deeper level as you progress. So yeah. That's my favorite.
0: Yeah. So that's funny. Um, so <laughs> like, like, like the math. cause and effect really gets me. I always like to like puzzle out. Yeah, like yeah. what could be the potential causes of this? Thing? <laughs> um, yeah. but anyway, um, and then like the people who are into engineering are probably like structure and function. That is my jam. Mm-hmm. Oh, I also, uh so I taught anatomy for a long time and
1: that's structure and function yeah, over right. and over again. Yeah. yeah.
0: So it, it, there's all these obvious ties to us, but like our students don't always see that. So that's why you really, we are teaching these, this way of thinking. It's kind of like crossing concepts. They're just like ways of thinking Yeah, and, and connecting the different.
1: Yeah. I always things. call them like themes, but not quite. Like, yeah, it's, themes isn't quite the right word, but that's kind of an as way of, yeah, to think about it. Like,
0: like these overarching ideas. I like
1: that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah, awesome. Well, that's all we got for you on cross cutting concepts. Send us questions and we can talk about them some more if you like. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, we will catch y'all later. Have a great one, guys.
1: Bye. Da, 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 da. Making sure that your lessons are three-dimensional isn't always easy. While you don't need to include all three dimensions every single day, you do wanna make sure that each dimension is regularly addressed. I developed a really simple 3D planner to help keep me focused. It helps me track which pieces I'm using in my daily lesson plans. It only takes me five minutes to fill out and it helps me notice patterns in my own lesson planning. For example, when I first started using it, I noticed I wasn't including the cross-cutting concepts as often as I thought I was. Just by recognizing this, I was able to focus on this one piece and improve my lessons. Right now, you can grab the same template that I use for my own planning for free. Go to saddlersciencecom 3D Planner to grab yours. That's saddlersciencecom 3D Planner.